Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World and which is the Supreme Resort. Each episode we will discuss and explore and blah, 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 blah. Guys, I went on Rise of the Resistance and it is incredible. No spoilers, but um, it's amazing and I have a lot to talk about. So uh, we're here to compare Disneyland, Disney World and which is better and we're doing it by Rise of uh, if this is your first episode, I apologize for that intro, but joining me to help in this chaos is Jeremy from Spectral Radio. Hey, I have not been on Rise of Resistance, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one. And from Dan Hates the Beatles, Dan. Hey, I'm Dan. I hate the Beatles, and what I really love is spoiling myself for the ride. Well, I'm not going to spoil, no, but I will talk about it. was about my stuff. choice. So what if I said, in from from Dan hates the Beatles, the Beatles. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. Have you said who you are yet? I mean, we skipped uh, through the intro. You can't spoil the ride any more than no. everyone has already spoiled it. Every day, it's another picture on Twitter, another twi- picture on Instagram. Everybody's tra- at this point. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have been on it. Right? You might have been. No, like, I haven't. Hey been guys, I, I'm not know? going to the parks that early in the morning. Forget it. I'm going to talk about that. But did you know that there is a show scene with a bunch of stormtroopers in it? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, how dare you? Everybody thinks it's so clever. Um, I'm not listening to this anymore. <laughs> so I want to talk about the. So I went to the Disney World. Uh, we talked about it last time Went with my parents, had a wonderful time. It was very enjoyable and bonding. So the Monday I was there. This is, I think, the day after you left, Jeremy, or whatever. We went to Hollywood Studios. And how it works now, for those of you who don't know, is the minute the park opens, anybody who's in the park is eligible to get a boarding group. Okay? So I got there at – the park opened at 8 that day, and we walked in the park at 7. And I think I sent you guys both pictures of the just – it was a – Monday, like a random Monday, no holidays, Monday in January, and you could not see from one end to the other of people. It was just people. But everybody in the park is eligible to get a boarding group. And so right at 8 o'clock, everybody's looking at their phones. I got boarding groups. So I'm sorry. Okay. How – isn't that how every ride in the history of the world has worked? You go to a theme park and you get on it? Like what is different – like <laughs> – I There's don't understand. No, you can't wait That's in line for this you ride. You go there and then you go. No, you can't wait in line for this ride. You have to get a boarding group that you could be eligible to maybe ride the ride. So eligible like for, to So if you don't maybe, get on a boarding group, then... Yeah, this is a maybe, right? Because the ride capacity is what it is, but the it's running a little lower than, than capacity. So, for example, when the park opens and the ride is now open, boarding group 1 through 10 is going... And then it's one through 11 and one through whatever. So I was there again an hour before the park opened. I clicked it just like everybody else. And I was boarding group 68. And the people in front of me were like 44. And the people behind me are like 86. And there were probably 4,000 people behind them. So So, how does this work? Honestly, why why wouldn't the people in front of you and immediately behind you be in a boarding group somewhat near to your number? I think it's random. It's like a lottery. And how fast your internet is, how fast your processing speed is. Like, it was 8 o'clock exactly, and 
they were already up to almost a hundred. If they they booked out, you know, like within minutes. Okay, so what if you honestly because are not fluent with a mobile device? Like, what if that's not your thing? And you're, you're not going on that ride. So this excludes anyone who doesn't have. That's that, correct. Who, if you, I didn't. Oh, I left my phone in the hotel today. I can't go on. But if you're there at seven in the morning to ride a ride that the park that opens at eight, you know what you're doing. But they do have kiosks, so you're not limited to your phone. They have fast pass kiosks where you can get boarding groups there too. Got it. This is this is why I spoiled it for myself because I just figured, well, I might go in February, maybe, um, and then like I maybe have a chance of riding this ride. Maybe it could be years before I have a chance to because I don't go as often as a lot of people. So like at some point, I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch it, and it looks cool. The videos do not do it justice. That's all I'll say. Oh, I can imagine, right? It was worth it. It was worth every penny. It was worth every sleepless at night or whatever it was. But it was a great time. Anybody who's listening probably would want to go on it anyway, except Jeremy. So the the other thing I wanted to talk about, the observation, we're having a podcast about which is better between Disneyland and Disney World, and we're comparing rides and shows, et cetera. But the one thing that I think we need to talk about that maybe gives Disneyland its size benefit is the cast members. So we're standing in line mm. for Space Ranger Spin. That's the Buzz Lightyear. And there are two cast members at the entrance. So the Fast Pass line and the Standby line are coming together. And the This is a Disney World. This is a Disney right? World, sorry. Yep. In Tomorrowland. And the two cast members standing there, one of them, and I'll leave it PG or G rated, but one of them said the S word to his friends, like, no way, you're full of. And like, I mean, people are just walking by. Like, you would never see that at Disneyland, would you? <laughs> I, I would be. I can tell you. I'll, I'll, I would tell you that I would be more shocked at Disneyland saying that than I would be at Disney World saying right. that. Well, I'm going to defend Disney World. Oh boy, go for it. <laughs> uh, it's just interesting. Ever since I got all wrapped up with this ears up group, because. <laughs> my group of friends and I who historically are Disney World people, although some have now moved to L.A. and are consider that oh. their home park now and are much very defensive of it, um, which, by the way, well, I don't want to get off on a tangent, <laughs> but uh, I have always thought <laughs> the first time I went to Disneyland, I was like, these cast members are rude. Really? Hmm. In what way? I noticed a tone and an attitude, a tone and right. an attitude. Mm. I did. I didn't feel the magic. I felt like these are a bunch of kids. They're locals, and they go because their friends are doing it. Whereas I feel like Disney World is such a big like you can't just drive down the street and work at Disney World. Like everyone who's there is from such a long distance that you really had to want it to get there. Whereas like everybody at Disneyland, like they all live they in like live in Gardena. Fortune, yeah. Like they live around there, and so I feel like it's much more of a mundane thing for those cast members. So my perception has always been that they're a little bit disinterested there and I don't feel the magic as much. But I feel like also you're casting a dispersion on an entire, you know, four parks, two water parks based on one guy who said the S well, word. Well, okay. But my experience is I can't tell you how many people I see on their phones. Like cast members, just regular people, ride operators looking at their phones, having personal conversations. One of them was complaining about his boss. There are so many times where I've walked up to a two or three cast members having a conversation. I'll have to say, excuse me. Like I'll have to interrupt their conversation in just on main street or whatever. 
And I, I worked at Disneyland, and the culture when I worked there was so sort of sacred. And my, my thought was, you have 10 million people in the, in the metro Los Angeles area, right, for 40,000 jobs. And in Florida, to your point, the, the talent pool is so small in Orlando, relatively speaking, you need to have 120,000 employees. So it feels like the talent pool is shallower in Orlando, but you make a good point. Most people who work there are not from Orlando, right? Yeah, and I think you're comparing a culture that you observe now to one that you worked at. How many years ago did you work at Disneyland? It's been a while, 97. <laughs> so. I think it might not be a good comparison possibly to say what culture you experienced then versus what you're observing on the other coast. Now you, it could be that you would say, Oh, well the one that I worked at, you know, you might've felt that same thing if you worked on the East coast then. Good point. I don't know if it's apples to apples. But I I think it's an interesting conversation. And those of you listening, please pipe in. We know that you, you have the passion about this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Read some of the uh, feedback on the interwebs, but, um, I think in general, they don't pay a lot uh, on either coast, and I right. think they're probably not getting what they pay for these days. In, uh, yeah. in, general, in general, there's, of course, wonderful, wonderful cast members. I mean, you read stories about um, the people who were uh, – you told a great story. Oh, you were at Disneyland now? <laughs> With your dad? No, it was Disney World. Yeah. No, you were at Disney World. Yeah. With your dad. Oh, that's and right. they, like, and they came to the hospital. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. So I feel like don't forget that, too. That also happened on that same trip. True. General observations. Should we have a whole episode about this? Do we have feedback from the listeners? Most of our listeners are West Coast based. This might be an episode is all I'm saying. I would be afraid to go. Sorry. Maybe we're going too deep. <laughs> I would be afraid because I think we have cast members that listen. And I don't mm. want to, oh. you know, I don't want to be like, well, they're jerks here and they're not. I just feel, I don't know. I actually would be. If, I, I think, think it's such a, it's such a, a single, you would have, you can't, we would have to do a, a, an actual survey of people. I think for us to talk anecdotally and then draw a conclusion on that is, is tough because we can all go on a ride. Yeah, that's but we true. can't all shake hands with every cast member. That's true. I think it'd be interesting if we're going to get into uh, employees on either coast to actually talk to maybe people who work at both places just about what it's like to work there. And then based on just purely what they tell us, maybe the three of us then decide where we would rather work. I think that's a great idea. If you're listening to this and you are a cast member of either resort, please reach out. Come on our show. Be our guest. Be a judge. We have 40 other topics we have to talk about at least before this show is over. So yeah, let us know. We'll give you some information on how to reach us later in the show and want to go now to our favorite segment. What is Dan watching on Disney plus? <laughs> well, I knew I was going to be asked this question and I thought, you know, I should probably, you know, watch something that isn't Perry, but I got to be really honest. I've watched Perry like three times since I talked about it. We're going to change this. <laughs> <laughs> It's a movie about a squirrel, and it has a dream sequence. It's insane. I promise I will not talk about this movie again on this show, but please watch Perry. It's nuts. I get it. <laughs> it's no pun intended. <laughs> that was not on purpose. That's just how good you are at improv. <laughs> Speaking of which, mm. uh, we have another new segment. It's called No Time for Fake Ad Copy. <laughs> so dan's gonna fill us in yeah i kind of forgot to write some fake ad copy so i'm gonna use this time to let everyone know that my improv team tarot squad will be performing in san diego 
at Finest City Improv on February 28th at 7 o'clock. And I will post information as the time gets closer on our Facebook group, uh, which you can find us on Facebook. Just type in the name of the podcast and then group, and it will get you there. So all of our listeners who are big Dan fans, we've got a lot of Jeremy fans, <laughs> but uh, after Haunted Mansions, I think we have fewer of them. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a big Dan fan, go to San Diego, and if you want to know which one Dan is, <laughs> yeah, travel, book a flight. If you want to know which one Dan is? Just he's the one that's um, they call Dan. Uh, we have some other <laughs> feedback on the show. We have a review that I'd like to read. This is from Magnolia three eighty one. The title is "Such a Good Show." I love this show so much. I'm Disneyland all the way, but I have. I love hearing the cases for the world. Such a great show if you're a fan of either park. I thought that was a lovely review. Thank you very much for that. Keep them coming. We'd love to hear from you. And our show is sponsored by Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash coveyers. Get some coveyers and T-shirts. And Jason said on the last show he's going to switch it up and put some T-shirts in the vault and get some new ones in. So that's cool. Yeah, uh, P.S., that was my idea. So Jeremy said... <laughs> he never credits me with it. I go, you, I told him, you got to create a sense of urgency. They're hanging out there all the time. People always think they can get them. Tell them they're going away for a while. Let's get see if it works. Moving. You can take credit for it if it works and blame him if it doesn't. Yeah. <clears throat> We're also brought to you by Concy Ears. It is a Disney vacation planning service where you will have your own personal assistant that will do everything for you. They'll ask you questions. You tell them what you want to do. They will do it for you. In fact, one of them, Eric, is going to be a guest on our show, I think, in February. Nice. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to be – if he's going to be a judge, if he wants to argue for something. I'm not sure how that's going to work with four people, but we will figure it out on the fly like we do everything else. All right. So uh, that uh, – oh, 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 oh. Past show corrections. <laughs> Here we go. You ready? Here we go. It's all on me this time. So on the Star Tours, the People versus Star Tours episode, I kept calling the AT-AT walkers in front of Star Tours AT-AT walkers, but they're actually ATSTs. How dare you? They're driving Jeremy crazy. (laughs) I got so many late night angry texts from him. Anyway. And then I also said about Disneyland Paris, it was the Discovery Land was Flight to the Moon themed, and it's from the Earth to the Moon, not Flight to the Uh Moon. That's Jules Verne. And I called Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind Project Rewind. So wow. now you can stop screaming at your phones, everybody. Did someone write in and correct you on that, or did you just notice? I yeah, I, I listened back. Uh, this all on me. Yeah. I want to see cares. like hidden camera footage of you going through that process. <laughs> I, I listen to the show. I love this show. I, I laugh. I think it's interesting. It's fun and and. I'm the kind of person who, like, listening to Ears Up, and the, they would say, Project Rewind. I was like, it's not Project Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the Call thing the that you realize dork. is that when you, have a he- when you have headphones on you and a microphone in front of you and you have something on, you know, you know, notes that you're reading off of and you're passionately making a case, it's easy to make a mistake that you wouldn't, otherwise wouldn't make. It's, and you, sometimes you don't even realize you did it in the moment. And you listen back and you're like, wait, I said that? And I've, mm-hmm. I've had right. that many times, not on just on this podcast, but on in-depth and on the regular show, like where I'm like, 
what was I saying? And I've and I've had to go back and be like, <laughs> I don't. Sorry, guys. I told them one time. I said that the Main Street Electrical Parade debuted in 1981. Like not even close. <laughs> no, no, not even close. Or I, I have an interesting yeah. thing where sometimes I'll just like lose track of like what the English language means, and I'll just say like on my other podcast that we don't need to need to mention. I Josh said something, and I said I said that, not you, and it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> but <laughs> and right. I meant to say you said that, not me. So we all have you know things that we mess up on yeah and it's so funny how how clever and witty i am when i'm listening to other people's shows <laughs> so many fun <laughs> quips i don't know that i have them all on this one but the pressure's on so uh yeah you know like the other day i said to my wife um i need uh, that spinner thing you know that thing that that spins the you mean a spoon yeah that's what i need <laughs> oh god i'm having a hard time <laughs> Okay, so today's episode, The Case of the Wildest Ride in the Wilderness, Land v. Kingdom. This is about Thunder Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Disneyland went first, uh, short, shortly followed by Disney World. And today's sounds, if Disneyland gets a point, you'll hear this. <laughs> that was terrible. It's getting worse. And that's, that's a goat, like by it. the way, with dynamite in its mouth. And if Disney World gets a point, you'll hear, that's uh, the geysers going off. Or flooded towns, you, you, you call. All right, so we're going to start with Disneyland's Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And Mr. Jeremy is going to argue its case. Jared, take it away. Out of, out of character, I think, according to some might say. Agreed. Well, you just knew it was going to win, so you wanted to be the one arguing for it. <laughs> that's actually not true. Um, that's not true at all. That's not true at all, Dan or J- uh, Jimmy. We all look alike. <laughs> See, I always call you the wrong name. Um, <laughs> I originally signed up to do Disney World, if you recall. I do recall, and you very graciously said, you know what? Let me take the win on this one. I mean, let me uh, argue. This. <laughs> so I'm glad we have an impartial Dan, judge here. <laughs> you jumped at the chance to take world. It's true. You well, were, uh, I think, right? yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, this actually you says, like, uh. <laughs> this actually says a lot, I think, about how I feel about the two because I could almost take either one to the point that, like, I really did when we were looking at the spreadsheet that we have at the, that, anyway, uh, I saw that I signed up for Disneyland and I was legitimately surprised, even though on another day I could have saw that it was seen whatever, whatever words are supposed to supposed together. I could have seen that I signed up for Disney World and flipped to Disneyland. It, it's really a it's, it's a coin toss for me. OK. Anyway, so how do we uh, how do we feel about this ride just in general? I, it's a it's a great attraction. I love it. I, I agree. I, I think um, for a lot of people, I feel like it's probably a first roller coaster. Mm, that's a good call. It was for my kids. Yeah, it definitely was for me. I mean, I was I was terrified of the thing because I remember um, hearing people screaming and not fully understanding the idea that screaming can be a sign of fun. <laughs> you know, right? Not not fear, scary. Yeah. Yeah. So the for me, I, I I'm not indifferent to it by any stretch. I I love both attractions, both coasts, everything. I, I really don't 
have a preference. So this would be an interesting conversation. And I think the reason why it's a lot of kids first roller coasters, it's a psychological thing where, you know, it goes up hills and mm-hmm. goes down hills and whatever. But if you look like uh, Slinky Dog Dash or, or Goofy Sky School or uh, Gadget's Go Coaster, they're no higher than Thunder Mountain. Maybe even in some cases they're higher than Thunder Mountain. But because you're off the ground by 20 feet or 30 feet, it's scarier than if you're going up 30 feet in the air on Thunder because the ground is right there. You know, mm-hmm. So I think psychologically you're never leaving the ground. And I think that's maybe why it's not as scary for kids. Because my kids oh. refuse to go on Goofy Sky School. But they'll go on Thunder Mountain. <laughs> anyway. Are you sure it's not just because Maybe that's just Goofy, because Sky, Goofy School? Sky School yeah. sucks? It's, that's not why, but it, it does. And that's for a future episode, ladies and gentlemen. Now we know how Jeremy feels. The past episode. <laughs> what? Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Disneyland. The first of the two coasters to open is a mirror image of the track designed for its counterpart in Walt Disney World's Magic right? Kingdom. It it's was a, a mirror rigid- image. Really? Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> I believe you. I you don't not, believe me. It's not that I don't. This is new information. It's why we're doing this show. <laughs> it was originally conceived by Imagineer Tony Baxter for Walt Disney World to be one of the attractions for the never-realized Thunder Mesa area of Walt Disney World, but was put on hold twice. First, for the construction of Pirates of the Caribbean, and second, for the construction of Space Mountain. Its delay could actually be seen as fortuitous for the attraction as when it, when it, um, when it was actually time to design and construct it um, on the Disneyland version in 1977. Computer-aided design had advanced enough that this was one of the first rides which Disney utilized computer-aided design, enabling a smoother ride experience that we have today on both coasts. So, so far we're even. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> so, so you've got a mirror image attraction, which is awesome. It reminds me of uh, Space Mountain in Disneyland. Is it not the same ride layout as uh, Matterhorn? Disney World. Disney World. No. Is it Disney World? Yeah. There are two of them in Disney World, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's like a, it's the exact copy of the Matterhorn, right? We'll find out later. We'll let you know. I don't know about episode. that. Um Aesthetically, the Disneyland version differs from its counterparts in Florida, Paris, and Tokyo. Those versions of the attraction mimic Monument Valley in Arizona, but Disneyland's, due to its proximity to the Fantasyland areas of the park, features the more muted colors and rounded rock formations of the hoodoos of Bryce Canyon in Utah. Utah. The the attraction (laughs) tells the story of a cursed... (laughs) God. (laughs) My first one was really good. Are you okay, Jimmy? Thanks. (laughs) Nope. The attraction tells the story of a cursed mountain that suffers from unexplained explosions and earthquakes. In the 1850s, after gold was discovered in Big Thunder Mountain, the Big Thunder Mining Company and the town of Rainbow Ridge were booming. The cursed mountain meant trains would take off on their own and equipment would fail. Residents finally left, leaving an abandoned town and mining company behind for us to discover. Yeah. So that's just the, the bit of a background. Wow. The that is impressive. I already gave you a point on the count of the uh, mirror track. Oh, no, Utah. Oh. I gave you a count on the Utah. I thought you gave me a count on interrupting me. And really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think this is why people tune in. <laughs> what? That's why people tune in. Uh, Jimmy, I'm just gonna be really honest here. You're you're reminding me of Walt Disney and some of those early promotional 
videos where he's like touring things and being a little confused about what things are. Like spoons. Okay, yeah. now it's me. Yeah. <laughs> like spoons. <laughs> like the, the tour of the Haunted Mansion stuff where he's like, this is the portrait, whatever. And the, the yeah, what, <laughs> we, what we call it? The Museum of the Crazy. Museum of the Weird, Walt. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's in nineteen. Jimmy's in nineteen sixties. Yeah, uh, uh, similarly, uh, dying of cancer. Thank you for bringing it up. Oh, that's dark. <laughs> Not really. Not really. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, oh my God. I, let's start recording, guys. You guys ready? Uh, All right, Dan. What's your rebuttal <laughs> to Jeremy's big thunder intro? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lost after what just happened. Um, it, you know, I agree. <laughs> it is a mirror image. Corroboration. Um, the main differences, <laughs> the main differences are, uh, we have at Disney World, the flooded town of Tumbleweed. It's kind of a blink and you'll miss it moment, but it's, it's a really cool addition that where you uh, go through, well, I just said it, a flooded town, and some of the towns people are in, uh, one's in a bathtub and they're floating around and all sorts of fun stuff. We do not have the exploding cave at Disney World, um, but there is also there um, geysers, lots of geysers. Uh, there are indeed generally, I mean, it is really the same with the exception of those things. And the queue is much longer. We're not, uh, we're not to the there's queue interactive yet. elements um, where ahead. you can. Oh, well, the, okay. the geyser it's section different. is okay. very accurately depicting Yellowstone, right? The same idea. And it's uh, there's my favorite thing about that attraction is the geysers Yellowstone feel because the Yellowstone is one of my favorite places on the planet. So is that your intro? Is there more? Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's about it. I mean, they are, they're, they're the right. same ride. So he, the Bryce Canyon, uh, the Bryce Canyon theme of Big Thunder and Disneyland versus the, what did you say about Florida and Disney World and Tokyo? Monument Valley. Yeah, right? it's Monument Valley. It. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to give the geysers a point for Disney World because that's my favorite feature. So, so the geysers. Goats and geysers. Uh, but as a general overall themed experience uh, from the decor and the design and the, 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 just the general imagery, I'm going to say that Disneyland mm-hmm. gets a point. Okay, so why? Why? The goat has spoken. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because, and I don't want to spoil anything that Jeremy's going to say, so I'll come back and explain why. I was going to say, like, do you want to give the points before I make the argument? Well, you just made your opening case. (laughs) Jimmy, what's the winner? Yeah, it was just really like a nice background judge to get us kicked off. But go ahead and abort it. (laughs) Shh. (laughs) All right, so we are good to go. So you're going to move on to the queue. (laughs) The queue, there isn't much to say about the Disneyland queue. I will be honest about that. The queue creates a trail through walls that was built. Uh, The most interesting part of it is that it was built using over 100 tons of gold ore, actual gold ore from a mine in Rosamond, California. Um, And it also features uh, a lot of the props that are throughout the queue are actual antique mining pieces. So when you're walking through, not only are you surrounded by what 
is true. They were actually mining for gold. But it is, there's a museum effect of walking through all these actual old pieces. It's not just props. It's real things. So you get a, a touch of right. history there. Yeah, it's a gold rush sort of theming, right? California right. gold rush. Right. Uh, mining. And so what I understand about Big Thunder Mountain in Disneyland is it is a spiritual successor to the mine train through nature's wonderland. Are you going to yep. get into that? You just <laughs> okay. That's why I didn't want to say. <laughs> so there, there's okay, your cue. Well, that, I thought maybe Dan would want to talk about his cue. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, the cue at Disney World has um, interactive elements that were put in in 2013. There's hand cranks where you can charge explosions uh, that you push down a plunger and the explosions happen on the mountain itself, which is really rather cool. Um, another thing about the queue, and this is one of my arguments, is that um, you're actually walking up a hill to get to the queue. And then in the line itself, you're climbing up another hill and then you go back down into the uh, – the mine itself. This buys you into the idea that you are, in fact, riding a train that is a part of a mining operation. At Disneyland, to me, it seems to be a step or two removed from this, where you're just taking a train to and from Thunder Mountain rather than already being like in it. Okay. Um, I like the queue in Florida <clears throat> better. And I always like the interactive stuff that we talked about on mm. mansions and other things. I enjoy having something to do in the ride. And I think, you know, the story is important. And I know both of them have a story. But for the normal day-to-day guest, they're not going to get it. But um, I think I prefer the queue at Walt Disney World. So, shh. I do. Agree. I have to agree. I will. I'm. I'm not going to be so biased <laughs> that uh, I would let Disney. But I will say this: in a previous episode, which we have talked about, Dan argued the case that oh. adding interactive elements to a queue detracts from the ride as opposed to adds to it. And now he is taking a point for that very same concept. Actually, I agree that he should, just as he should have acquiesced to that point in the last one, but I will point out the inconsistency. Uh, double standard. So, no, let me, if, if we're going to go there, let me clarify the consistency issue that I had, which was okay. that mm-hmm. the character design on the interactive stuff at the Haunted Mansion is very different from the character design inside of the the mansion itself. There's an aesthetic yeah. inconsistency there. It's not the fact that there is interactive stuff. It's the the design elements are not the same. And with this it's one, a lot more they're very, caricature, they're, right? Right, right. For this one, it totally fits. So it wasn't about the fact that there were interactive elements, but that rather that they contradicted the element that they were trying to go for in the in the haunted mansion, right? right. Okay, got it. But okay. point well, well made on the double standards. Okay, <laughs> so let's get into the let's ride. Talk about itself. the ride. Do it. After passing from the station at Disneyland, the train enters the first lift hill in the bat-infested cavern, where flying bats, colorful pools of water, stalactites, and an overhead fountain 
fill out the richly themed attraction's first suspenseful lift. And we're going to come back to that later, Jimmy. Thank don't you. worry. All right. Thank you. All right. I mean, don't get ahead of yourself. As the train reaches the peak of the second lift hill, the Disneyland version goes past the dynamite goat of the famous goat trick. Do you guys know about the goat trick? I <laughs> what already? <laughs> was that a point? Oh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just being the goat. The goat oh, okay. Do you know it? I'm going to tell you. An audio audio animatronic goat stands with dynamite in his mouth, bleeding as the train passes, heading down its second hill. As the story goes, for the famous goat trick, guests must fix their eyes on the goat and not move them. As the train moves down the second hill, the act of holding your eyes on the position of the goat combined with the forces of the the train create a strange effect that some liken to being flushed down a toilet. <laughs> um, wait, wait. How do they have anything the, to reference? The dynam... I don't, I don't know. This is apparently what... I, this is what I read. I didn't know... I have to tell you, I didn't even know about the goat trick. Neither did um, I. Until I was at Disney World a couple weeks ago with a couple fans of the show. Nice. Friends of the, fan, the, friends of the show, this I should show? say. Jeff and Carrie, Yes. Oh wow! And uh, you know they were helping me. They were helping buttress my arguments, and they were like, "Well, this doesn't even have the goat trick." <laughs> the goat trick—that's really cool. And I was like, "Tell me more about the goat trick." I might be doing a little research. <laughs> but you uh, can well, do the, goat- the dynamite goat and his trick have become so famous that the goat even now has his own Facebook page. Oh my! I'm googling that so right now. Is, you know, you, on the second hill in Disney World, you can go down and, and it's fine. But here, you actually have something else to do, and it's a cool audio animatronic that makes noises and is funny. I agree with those the, the last parts, and I would. An argument could definitely be made that this ride has more animatronics and animals and stuff, and that's fine. But I want to just point out that you could do the same thing by looking at any fixed object. While going down that that very same hill, um, but if I need to counter the goat trick, I can counter. But how it. many of those are goats? <laughs> well, just one. Um, I mm. mean, right? Like we can't put a, what a, a, a key ring up there. Like you want something? It's no, something that, cool. that's true. That, it, I I agree. It is. It is. Cool. It, it's. It is an element that is missing in Disney worlds, and therefore, and enough so that someone would come up to me and go, you know unprompted would just go hey th- you're this disney world version doesn't have a goat trick and i was like what are you talking about well this so, obviously to the casual observer this is causing a problem yeah. right and there's no speed well, ramp but speaking <laughs> oh yeah that those, those fun speed ramps this is, this is the opening of old wounds <laughs> episode so oh, I love it. at disney world thunder mountain uh it actually um <laughs> <laughs> helps people pass kidney stones. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, Doctor, I heard about this. yeah, Doctor Wardinger <laughs> found that patients of his had fa- passed kidney stones after riding Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Walt Disney World on vacation, including one who passed three stones on three separate occasions. The doctor then tested this result with the permission of Disney with a 3D model of a kidney by <laughs> riding the ride over 20 times. 
the city found nearly 70% of the time the kidney stone was passed, the results varying depending on which row they were in. Uh, it doesn't say whether or not they did the goat trick to pass these kidney stones. Uh, it also found Well, they could have is Disney World. Well, that okay, that's true. That's true. Um, well, the study also found that Space Mountain and Rock and Roller Coaster uh, failed to cause this result. So <laughs> Disney World's Thunder Mountain helps with kidney stones, which is wow. <laughs> Well, thing. why do we know that it doesn't work on Disneyland's? I, it's the same track. Well, I don't. But is it? It's a mirror. It's a mirror image. So maybe it's entirely possible that the angle that it's on makes the difference. <laughs> that could be. That could be. Was it ever? He wrote a paper on this. Was this? Was this uh, in a peer reviewed <laughs> journal? Did this? Did they, did this, did ultimately this turn out to be true, or was it just a fluke? I, I don't think I'm going to give the kidney cure a point because I don't believe it's the ride. And perhaps <laughs> it could be the same at Disneyland as well. So I'm not going to give you a point for it. But thank you for bringing that to our attention from your research from five hours ago. Well, and just to add a little bit more to that, I don't know that that's the place. I, if I have a stone, okay. When? Let's say I have a stone and you say, <laughs> would you like to pass this while you're at Disneyland or maybe – before or maybe a few weeks after you get back, I would probably opt for not having it pass whilst I am on the third lift hill of Big Thunder Mountain. With no goat. I think it was on the right, but you might you might be right. Because I did one I read about this um during my research and I was like, if they it, it I no, this was yesterday. Uh I thought, well, if they're passing the I read it as that they passed it on the ride, and I thought mm, you're supposed to pass a stone like while you're urinating. So what is going on? And I never really got the clarity I wanted. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it, I don't think it happened while they were but, riding uh, the ride. I think it was afterwards. <laughs> but that I mean, fair point is the miracle. But... <laughs> right, that's fair. Yeah, that would be more accurate. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think the lead on. I think the lead on that story would have been roller coaster makes riders pee pants. <laughs> so I have a question, a speculative question about the goat and feel free to not entertain this at all. But I'm not joking. For about three hours at some point last week, I was stuck on the idea of is the goat a – hero or a villain in the story of the ride is he wait (laughs) okay we can move on (laughs) in 2013 the disneyland version underwent a major refurbishment replacing all of its track and also adding some dazzling special effects as the ride continues to toss its passengers around and approaches its third and final lift hill Inside a large mine on the mountain, red lights overhead indicate danger is in the mine. Here, your train must outrun the fuses lit by the mountain's unseen ghostly inhabitants, sparking rapidly all over the sides of the cavern, racing you up the hill. A vivid effect created by lighting and projection mapping inside the cave. The fuses win and the dynamite explodes with smoke and flame effects at the top of the hill before the train takes its next plunge, where it will ultimately pass through the historic Rainbow Ridge town before returning to the station. What's the significance of Rainbow Ridge? It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, originally, because I the, always, you know, what is, we're going to talk about, you know, 
one of Dan's other favorite things to avoid point, award points for. Lore. <laughs> Is that Dan's or Jimmy's? Dan's. Okay. Uh, so he's for lore all the time, and he's going to get a an a lore sandwich. You got to get a lore pie. <laughs> That's um, the shirt. So y- the original Thunder, the, the, they called it Big Thunder Mountain because of all the earthquakes. That was the original concept. And the third lift hill, it was an earthquake. And the, the cars would rock back and forth side to side. because, And that's why they called the mountain Big Thunder Mountain because of the noise it would make with the earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Look it up. <laughs> that was the original. I'm just letting you know, giving the listener a little history lesson. Go ahead. I didn't say anything. <laughs> it was in your eyes. <laughs> you said a lot. <laughs> uh, Dan? Do I get... Well, oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. He, he's got to So going thing. back to what you... I don't know. I was going to say, like, there's big dazzling effects. That same lift hill, that same cave is nothing in Disney World's. It's just a cave with no effects. Does this not get a point? Well, I honestly don't know whether I agree that it should or not. It is impressive. It is cool. I agree with that. It's, it's, a, it's a nice addition. But I don't know what it adds to the story of the ride because this introduces this element of, like, who set the dynamite up? Why... It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it really. It feels like it's just a cool thing that they threw in because they never really got the earthquake effect dialed dialed in well enough. I, I completely agree that it's great, and I'm not even sure that I think that it truly does take away from the story. I just wonder if it does. I don't know. I'm ha- um, so yeah. So what I'll say about that is uh, the points that I want to give you, Jeremy, that, that you're making, I'm not allowed to because you haven't gotten to it yet or you're going to come back to it. So I'll give you the points when you come back to it. Like the Rainbow Caverns, the Rainbow Ridge. So you don't think – okay, so what you're telling me now is that you don't believe that when you come into that cave versus the third lift hill in Disney World, which has nothing in it other than rocks that don't even move anymore. Well, I haven't. I haven't heard about I just that. Told, yet. I just did it. <laughs> Dazzling light right. effects. Well, Dan hasn't of, made his case. Uh, smoke, flame effects. Do you want me to reread the paragraph? <laughs> no, I'm, I want to hear what Dan has to say, and then I will award. All right. A point so, for this so section. that very same lift hill. True, it used to be a more shaky effect, and those don't work anymore. But you still have the 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 track kind of teetering back and forth. It simulates a. Um, an earthquake. So the earthquake effect is still there, only it's not as there as it used to be. It's almost non-existent. That's like giving credit to Expedition Everest for having a broken Yeti. Okay, so right. No, I I, I, I get that. I just don't know that for me. And I I agree that the effect is really cool. But if we're going to talk about, I guess it's if we're look if we're going to say that a consistent story outweighs a cooler ride experience which is probably not the case <laughs> so do you believe that then, those effects those special effects take away from the story that it's a haunted mountain whose okay. specters and ghosts are continuing to cause issues that's the storyline <laughs> and then you deal with that yeah but that's that's a little specific that's a little like Okay. The ghost getting it. Yeah, I, don't I like give, the don't idea give it of a point. Just it's a, much like better. Vaguely... It's much better to go. No, I'm not stopping. It's much better to <laughs> right, go into right, a cave right, with no stop. effects. Hold on. Or hold on. You can go around a corner. See, okay. Literally, see the fuses of 
dynamite going off all around you, racing you up the hill. When you get to the top, there's an explosion. Smoke comes in your face. There's flame effects. No, you're right. It doesn't deserve a point compared to an empty cave <laughs> with broken effects that you don't even see. Are you too out? I mean, come on. I want every Haunted Mansion defender in whatever it is on Facebook posting. No, 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 no. This is out. Hold on. <laughs> Okay, nobody's given any points for anything. I was waiting for the whole case. Here's what I'm going to summarize, guys. These two yeah, yeah. mirror image attractions. So it's the same basic ride, yes? And Yeah, except one is a lot more stuffy. Okay, yeah. So that's what I'm going to say. Uh, the, and you'll get to it, but I want to spoiler for everybody. The Rainbow Caverns, all of the animatronics <laughs> and animals and things are all taken. Oh, we know! Uh, can I tell my? Well, can I you're my so case? mad about me not giving. All right, hold on. Why are you? That's a different point, Jimmy. You are. I know. You just do you want me to mute my mic and you can give the case? No, go ahead. Like you, you do a much better job at it. <laughs> Stop it. Go ahead. Do you have my right? My name? Do you want to share it on Google Docs? <laughs> Those are completely different points. There, I'm oh. the case that I'm building here has nothing to do. That's different. Okay, so let me finish my thought. <laughs> the Disneyland <laughs> The Disneyland Thunder Mountain has more to do. It's doing more. There's more effects. There's more to look at. It wins. <laughs> the ride itself wins. I have given it a point, but I'll do it again. So what's the tally? Uh four to two. <laughs> Can I what? just uh, Disneyland. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> You're spicy today. My God, uh, indeed. Ba da ba ba ba. <laughs> well, you keep taking. You keep like. Just read my part if you want to. Just read it. I don't want to. I just want to make sure you don't leave it out because I love it. Well. You know what, Jimmy? Sometimes the better show isn't about nitpicking every little detail and just letting it flow. You know what? How about that? You're on more podcasts. God forbid we miss one thing. Or or apparently you don't have the confidence in me to build an argument. Oh. No, that's not true. You've done an excellent job. Well, then let me do it. I will let you do it. Well, okay. Well, then you have to trust the people. You have to trust us to do this. And don't don't usurp us while we're making our cases because you think we're going to leave details out. We are obviously on the show for a reason. That's true. And, and I care about you, and I think you're a wonderful addition to this show. We couldn't have it without you. You're smart. I'm dumb. I'm just, I'm just, you asked why I'm spicy, and I'm telling well, you. Well, I enjoy it. I, I'm going to do this every show now. <laughs> don't, because I'll... I'm, I can't do it. All right. It's so Disneyland gets the a Disneyland point. Four to two. Okay. Uh, do we want to do? I accept. I accept the win. I accept the win. But I just want to point out something that I noticed in thinking about the Disney World uh, Thunder Mountain, which is that uh, it's pretty secluded. It's kind of like in its own little area, especially with the um, the the signage for the ride itself. So it kind of has it like. Um, it's one of the rare. It's one of the rare cases that I will argue for bigger and uh, oh, hold more on. space, hold more on. more land, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, Jeremy's oh losing his mind um, because they use it better. well, right? Like, like the. But now it's better because you have the bigger attraction. Okay, all right, <laughs> that's true. It isn't always better, but in this case, <laughs> it's not Thunder Mountain's fault that it's small. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. By the way, Dan, no, nothing is won yet. The show is not over yet. That, oh, got it. Got it. Okay. It got a point. Okay. So no, nobody's won yet. We're, we okay. got to do the exit experience and or lightning round. <laughs> I, I love you so much, Jeremy. <laughs> Imagine if it wasn't recording like that. That would freak me out. Oh, my God. We need to record this. We need to video record this just so people can see your face. Can I just do – can I just say more? If you weren't recording. Yeah, please. (laughs) Yeah, please. The Disneyland version sits atop of an area that used to be the home of an original attraction, the Mine Train Through Nature's Wonderland, which before that was called the Rainbow Caverns Mine Train. And it features never several nods to its predecessor. What? So this is just going back to you know one of you know we've we've talked about the special effects we've talked about uh, you know, the goat trick but now we're going to talk about the sense of history and the fact that this ride acknowledges its history that is tied to Walt during during the ride trains pass well because apparently. Lore does. Yeah, According to a lot of the listeners, lore has a real huge effect on when they're riding these rides. So now they're about to hear it. During the ride, trains pass through the town of Rainbow Ridge. These buildings are survivors of the original Rainbow Ridge town from the original Rainbow Caverns mine train. Also, tunnels and tracks from the original attraction can also still be seen while riding through Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Further, several of the animatronic animals that are featured throughout the ride were salvaged from the original mine train attra- attraction and are still in use, now residing in Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. So, you know, and I don't even want to say that this is lore because I actually do think that lore is a weak argument even here. This is not a question of uh, some, you know, ethereal feeling of history. These are actual objects that were taken from the previous and in a previous attraction that were tied to Walt, and they continue to enhance this attraction in a very real physical here, here. way. Um, so this is not about lore, right? So to your point, and now now I can say it: the the Rainbow Ridge, you go through a rainbow cavern, and there's a great story about how Walt wanted these each of these waterfalls to be a different color. So he wanted to dye the water a specific color to make a rainbow, but as they splashed, oh, yeah. <laughs> great story. Each other, <laughs> That's great. Keep going. As they splashed into each other, it would have been a jumbled mess. So they used <laughs> lights instead and using a, anyway. I won't go into more detail, but that was cool. And that is an homage in the first lift hill that is paying homage to the Rainbow Caverns. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> Salvaged and repurposed props are not the only <laughs> nod to the past on the attraction. At the beginning of the attraction, when you enter the bat-filled caverns for the first lift hill, the dripping stalactites and colorful splashing waters are a hat tip to the original Rainbow Caverns from the original Mine Train attraction. The name, this is brand new information. The name of the ride itself, Big Thunder, was originally the name of the large waterfall the old Mine Train <laughs> passed on its tour. Jimmy, what did I leave out? Because that's all I have written, so I'm sure I left gaping holes. <laughs> well, you got Rainbow Ridge. I, he, he'll get it in the show corrections next next show. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got in the possums in the front. They're from the ride. Like you said, there's a lot of stuff taken from an existing attraction and, and paying homage to it. I thought I think it's powerful whether you know it or not. It's really cool. The the goat uh, is not carried over. That's a new one for the attraction. <laughs> All right, Dan, what do well, you got? Well, um, the uh, just, just you go from the station and you just you just go down. There's bats. That's all. I, got. <laughs> I mean, are you no, trying to make no, an I argument? Mean, I don't know. I, in hearing this and in seeing <laughs> Jeremy's pain, I I don't know why I signed up for this one. This <laughs> 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 right. clearly so, one. <laughs> Disneyland is the better attraction. There's no doubt. Uh, Disney World's feels mm-hmm. bigger. It does. Does it not? It feels bigger. Yeah, and that, and one thing I really like about it is that, and this isn't for points. I'm just saying. Um, one thing I really like about the Disney World one, and I think this general feeling, and this is going to be no surprise that a general feeling is what got me across the the, the line for something. Uh, the general feeling of the area and it just being kind of secluded on the ride, you don't really see much of anything else. Um, and that's the pure testament to what can happen if you have more space. Um, but I, I remember every time I get off that ride at Disney World, it's just it just strikes me that like here's this nice little corner of the park where like nothing else is happening other than this. You know, and um every time I also think, well, wouldn't it be great if there was like a little like a stand to get a drink or something to eat here? But but I always follow that with a thought of like, no, this is this is this nice secluded quiet area that you just kind of get to hang out in until you're just bored out of your mind is a really nice thing that you don't get in a lot of Disney parks. That's true. So for me, I love the visuals of going mm-hmm. around the river. I think that's a great image. I like the little sunken town and the, the rocking back and forth part. It feels a little chaotic. I love the the geysers, like I said. But the rest of it feels kind of empty. And, and what you're trying to highlight as a feature, I feel mm-hmm. like it's a dead end. Because right. it literally is. So it feels like a dead end. Like I've got to go to the ends of the earth to go on this ride. And it doesn't It, it doesn't have the same kinetic mm-hmm. energy for me as Disneyland does because there's so much going on around it. You know, they've got the river on one end and you've got the – and the, the Mexican restaurant being right there, I love that. And maybe it's because I grew up with it, so I may be biased, but – just that whole feeling of, uh, you know, it feels, you know, Spanish, California, you know, I don't know. I, I just like the energy of where that ride is. I like all the things that Jeremy had pointed out. Um, so I'm going to have to say that the Big Thunder Mountain at Disneyland is the supreme wildest ride in the wilderness. Yeah, and I think it should, it would be, it'll, it'll be a surprise to nobody that I see this ride that is a little bit more sparse and and probably a little bit more boring to be basically the same as the other one <laughs> because I like boring things. Right. right. With less cool stuff in it. <laughs> See, test track exactly. episode. Um, all right. So, well, I think we got the answer. Anybody have anything else to add? Uh, I think... Uh, <laughs> I think my Disney World bias is now on the ash heap of history, safely. 
that's fair. And and Dan has had a lore pie. Uh, all right. Well, so I want to tell everybody that on the last show, Jeremy was talking about Spectral Radio and how it's now on Alexa, and he explained it to me. And in fact, you are correct. Alexa, play Live 365. And now she comes back and says, you were listening to Spectral Radio. Want to continue? Yes. So that is how you do it. Just say Play Live 365. She will ask you after you enable the skill. She'll ask you what you want to play and play Spectral Radio. And it's wonderful. I love how you got more park stuff on there now. Uh, I do like the albums, Thank you. you know, to some extent, but the, the parks is why I tune in. So if you, I just have them playing less frequently. Okay, great. They're in there. Yeah, yeah they are. So uh, we love the conversation, everybody. Thanks for joining us on social media and sharing. We've had quite a few people ask to add into our Facebook group, so please join our Facebook group. And we think we have a lot of, of shows lined up, and if your favorite attraction or maybe there's a show that you think you want to be a part of, send us your information. Send us the things you want to hear or the fun facts you think we may not know and email them to us at jimmy at earsup-podcast.com, dan at earsup-podcast.com, or at spectro underscore radio for both Twitter and Instagram. I wrote it down, baby. Nice <laughs> Thank job. you. And uh, listen to Spectral Radio. Listen to Dan Hates the Beatles. Go to San Diego to go see Book your Terra flight Squad. today. <laughs> Book your flights or train tickets today. Uh, but yeah, let us know what you want to hear. We may have not come up with the idea on a, on a future episode. Share a send of some notes or information you want to share with the group. And until then, everybody, thanks for joining us. Be good to each other, and we'll see you next time. Bye.